As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Weird things happen in the backyard of Hey guys, what's up? Hey, Welcome. yo, what's going on? So today is a very exciting episode. Um, this is our first official guest outside of my cunning wife and my brother and my sister. Um, one of which is Nick's husband, by the way. We're never gonna let <laughs> <laughs> that would be my brother, Jeremy. By the way. Jeremy, I love you. Yeah, I love you, love, babe. Love you, dog. <laughs> so today I have actually been holding out for my friend Mark. The incredibly talented and gifted modern mystic sage um some know him as mystic mark he's the host of my family thinks i'm crazy it is an incredibly deep profoundly esoteric deep dive i know i just said deep twice just take me on back and shoot me you know whatever you want to do but um anyway very happy to have my friend mark here he is the professional booker for tinfoil hat uh, which is how we met. And then ever since then, we've just hit it off and have become personal friends. And um, Mark, how you doing, buddy? Dude, it's a pleasure. You've been talking about this for a while. I almost thought you're just pulling my leg uh, <laughs> a, a year ago because it, it seemed like, you know, you're like, yeah, we're going to have you on eventually. And the more I kept tuning back in, the more I'm like, wow, they're really getting this show together. Yeah. And to be honest, I love the dynamic with you know, just you guys. I don't think the show needs guests, so I'm honored to be the first guest. And uh, and yeah, dude, you're, you've been a great friend to me, and you've told me some things that have definitely made me think twice about uh, about you know the ufology community in general. So it's definitely yeah. you know it's a true honor to know you, Ryan. So the honor pleasure. is ours. The yes. honor is ours. And thank it's you so much for your kind words. I just want to say up front. Uh, everybody else can see this, but this man I, has the coolest room I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, like we mentioned it a little bit before we started, but like, look at this. This is incredible. Yeah. It's and also, and what also, you don't I, see is, is go ahead. Yeah, yeah. This is my first time meeting Mark, 
uh and already like you're possibly like the chillest most welcoming energy from a person that i've <laughs> I ever i told met. you bro i told you dude <laughs> like so i've sweet. been holding out for mark and hopefully you've realized by now mark that i wasn't pulling you around we just had I to you know think so we, we had to build from the ground up so and i feel like we're finally at the level where we can do this and i do think you're right i don't think that our show needs guests but nick and i really want guests like you who have um something really interesting to offer to the listeners so sorry to cut you off yeah for sure we 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 do pretty good with just me and ryan but we also really like to get together with people who think in a like-minded way and people who think about you know out of the box concepts metaphysics new age stuff and so like it's just fun to to like just throw stuff off of each other just bounce stuff off of each other when it comes to this stuff and uh yeah, Ryan's talked quite a bit about you, so I'm I'm super duper excited to get into it. Well, I got my coffee, I got my uh, smoke, I'm ready to go. I was gonna say the thing you don't see is the stack of papers under the desk, the <laughs> pile of books to the left off camera. Like there's a library behind me, and this is a this is sort of like the last week I'm gonna be here because I'm moving uh, in a month, so or for next month. So this is perfect timing as far as I'm concerned. You guys are gonna get like the last glimpse of the, the uh, studio that helped launch my podcast. So oh it's yeah, a, brother, it's a true honor. So I, I want to because this is like I said, this is my first time uh, having the pleasure of meeting you. Um, I, I wanted to ask if you don't mind what, like what, what got you into, um, let's call it new age thinking, maybe <laughs> what got you into like metaphysics. Uh, I'd also really like to know like what your favorite subsect of new age thinking, uh, would be. So, so yeah, start maybe what got you into it and what kind of like your niche, uh, <laughs> your niche new age obsession is. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I, I would even categorize myself in that, but I love that you're posing this question because it gives me a lot of room to explain. So a, a while ago, very long time from now, you know, I started, um, I started seeing the world in a whole new way. And I usually give a lot of credit to cannabis for that because it was a really big perspective shift for me. And, you know, yeah. with all the all the stigmas and whatnot, it, it's just like, wow, OK, you try this stuff and you're like, this is what's illegal. This stuff's great. And one yeah. of the one of the things that came along with that was when you sort of have this, uh, you know, funky odor, you start to meet interesting people who like to smoke, too. And, and that's, you know, kept happening uh, as I was, you know, out of high school, I kept meeting these interesting people and one of the first people I met gifted me some crystals and taught me about the um, Esther Hicks law of attraction vortex. Work. Oh, okay. So oh, and, never heard and, of that, man. Right. So, and that was that, you know, Abraham Hicks, I think is the name that the channeler goes by, but the person mm -hmm. channeling, doing the channeling is named Esther Hicks. And, uh, you know, as much as I had known about conspiracy theory at that age, like I was very much interested in the alternative history, the conspiracy. I had lived through 9-11, the George Bush era, the Iraq war, the Obama, you know, sort of lies that really like showed me that, oh, wow, none of these people are trustworthy. This guy who said hope and change just like went and 
dropped more bombs on these countries than anyone else in history, you know? So I was just really disillusioned. And at this point in my life, I really, as much as I loved nature and animals, I never really had a metaphysical sense for those things, even though mm. I was attracted to that world in that way. I just didn't quite understand how. Uh, I knew about like Taoism and that because I, I had always practiced martial arts since I was 14. That was a big Oh, no part way. Of, oh, yeah. And what was your was martial a, art? What What was the first one? Well, I started with a more, you know, Americanized karate kind of school for like a year. And then Hell yeah. when I realized yeah. that that was not quite my fit, I uh, I found this sort of underground MMA school not really underground. It was just like in the back of a shopping mall, you know, in this little one room thing with this guy who was just this young dude uh, teaching kickboxing and jujitsu. So I learned that. I learned Muay Thai through a teacher that they had hired. And uh, and I was a wrestler. Uh, we sparred a lot. The emphasis was on MMA and sparring. And this was right around, you know, 2000 and seven eight nine ten eleven that's when ufc was really <laughs> becoming you know very popular and then once ufc was bought by fox i was kind of like i lost interest uh yeah. and i was smoking a lot more weed but you know all of these <laughs> all of these things kind of culminated into me finding crystals and and like cannabis crystals was another thing where like i had kind of seen the stigma of like people being like ooh crystals but when I actually had a relationship with them myself, something changed and I started being drawn to all of this information, all the books you see behind me. You know, I started this collection when I was like 16, 15 years old, and it's only grown to this day, being 27 years old at this time. So, you know, when you ask me like to, to really get to the, the heart of the question, where do I define myself in the new age community? I don't as much as I, I do go by mystic Mark. I think that has a whole nother set of explanations as to why I do see the world through a mystic lens, but I also try to be as uh, non-denominational as I can. Cause I, I think like that was a big part of why I became sort of uh, like the big shift happened with cannabis is cause I, I was, raised into sort of a Catholic upbringing, became disenfranchised with that, went to the more atheistic side of things. And then cannabis was like, no, it's all connected. It's all spiritual. And that might sound new age to most people. So I think, <laughs> I think that's, that's where I'm at. But if you really like ask me like specifically where I would see myself, I, I like shamanism. I like, you know, Hell yeah, uh, dude. I'm very fascinated of, by shamanism, by the way. Yeah. And and I think I take that, I say that very carefully because there are a lot of people who take the term shaman with a lot of liberty and and they like, oh, I'm a shaman. And you know, me, I have a relationship with cannabis and tobacco, but that doesn't mean that I'm I feel qualified to like roll you a blunt and like administer it to you as a right. shaman, you know. Because that's what a sure. shaman does is it guides others right. through the path. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm a shaman. That's that's an esteemed title for sure. Right. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, that's I, that's yeah, where I I, stand. I feel you I feel you with the you know, categorizing as a shaman. It it does seem 
especially in kind of the new age movement that a lot of people just kind of give themselves that title just yeah. say like oh yeah i'm a shaman totally i, I like yeah. weed i like you know i like i like lsd i'm a shaman right <laughs> like, right you know but uh i love the amount of respect that you put on it because um i i agree with you uh just just full disclosure i totally agree that um spirituality is connected with those kind of things uh and it i think it makes you physically emotionally and spiritually vulnerable and um to impart that on somebody else uh that's a big responsibility yeah that's for sure well and and i take it i take it very seriously because you know for me the the metaphysical interests have always been a part of a a sort of act of self-improvement because Initially, I was very, very wary of doing any type of drug. I'd seen alcohol and what it could do to people at a young age. And I, I was just wary of, of any type of drug. And then I realized like, wow, there are guys like Bruce Lee and Eddie Bravo who actually talk about using this stuff in their workout. And as a young martial artist, I was like, yeah, I'll try it if it's going to help me there. And it did, you know, I would, I would smoke a bit and then go out in my backyard and use a punching bag and really felt like I was Connected. zoning into something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you're in and the flow. Exactly. I was engaging with the flow state and pushing myself with this new found sort of confidence and energy that I just didn't have. And then taking that mindset into things like hiking or meditation or or even like drawing or podcasting, you know, uh, has really shown like me that it's always been about discovering that inner power, you know, it wasn't about martial arts. It wasn't about cannabis. It was like, where do those things meet me at my place of inner power? And, uh, and how do I express that inner power in a way that, uh, benefits the world? Because I think that's part of the secret is like the more you're, outward facing with your motivations the more energy you have to supply like your life and i think that's where i kind of damn you're blowing my like mind a- dude that is <laughs> <laughs> that is well said i just Thank wanted to you. say that bro it's well, in the title missed yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and and it's full circle because at first like i said the some of the first things i encountered were crystals and the law of attraction stuff and to some people Maybe uh-huh. the law of attraction stuff feels like uh, like it could be some sort of. Hey, one uh, second, guys. I'm sorry, I got a notification on the computer. Are we still recording? Everything? Yeah, good? it's still re- it's still rolling. Okay, it said I was signed out. We're good to go. Yeah, yeah. My and, apologies. And here, you know what, Ryan? Just in case, if you want to make me uh, a co-host of the meeting, that way my premium Zoom thing will like keep us going because sometimes zoom will cut you off at 40 minutes uh yeah and that's also, a good point i'll just I'm, put make host i'm recording the audio on my end if you need a backup just okay in case. Yep. i made Hell you the yeah. host thanks but see this is why we need you mark <laughs> <laughs> we need <laughs> you we desperately yeah. need you literally oh, okay i i wanted to i wanted to ask a quick question you, sure. you mentioned you mentioned um Bruce Lee and um you, it, it was it was Bruce Lee and you mentioned Eddie Bruno. Bravo Eddie Bravo Eddie who Bravo. I met oh my who gosh. I met by the way super dope guy we had a nice little shout, chat shout out Eddie Bravo it's shout out Eddie a, Bravo such a cool dude um 
Bruce Lee, I, I didn't, I had no idea that he was, so was he experiencing similar things to what you were explaining with cannabis, like being in a spiritual flow state? Well, and, and here's the, here's the thing with cannabis and Bruce Lee. It's like, you know, from our American perspective, we are like, oh, cannabis, that's only recently kind of been warmed up to, and we know the hippie movement and there was cannabis then. And, and I'm sure you're familiar that it wasn't illegal always, like up until like yeah. the 1900s, it wasn't illegal. It was but like in the China, 20s or 30s. In China, it's always been regarded as a medicinal thing, just always. It's never been like thought, it wasn't really thought of as like, you know, a scheduled drug the same way they might have thought of opium, you know, because that was a big problem in China. But yeah, as far as I know, Bruce didn't smoke. He was, uh, he was an edible cannabis user. And he was all about using it to recover because he saw the anti-inflammatory properties of wow. it, which is crucial when you're building muscle, you know, that's, that's a big yeah. part of, uh, and, and Bruce was really just like an innovator in, in his martial arts and also in his fitness routine. Like he would build his own workout equipment. Like, you know, he, he had like all of these homemade weights and dumbbell type things like pulleys and so he was a real innovator in a time when you know physical fitness wasn't really about martial arts it was more about how you looked and that was yeah, something sure. that that he also warned people against it's like don't ever you know you're not building muscle to show off bruce's mindset was like build muscle to use it you know and you can see so that lean. in his physique yeah oh yeah so lean i mean just i don't think i've ever seen anybody that lean and shredded like right. completely so, there was no fact, vanity fun fact mark i'm not sure if you know this about me but i studied wing chun kung fu for four years and my sifu was a um he was a lethal dude named brian edwards his sifu was um, Duncan Lee Young, which was the only recorded private student of Yip Man, who was Bruce Lee Sifu right. in China. Yeah. Wow. So I have a little bit of a lineage relation to Bruce, uh, Bruce Lee there. Super and cool. I, I, uh, I have done zero martial arts training. So, <laughs> so yeah, I totally relate with what you guys are talking about. Uh, Hell yeah. but, and, but to that, I did want to ask, um, this is for both of you guys. Uh, so with martial arts, you know, I, I hear a lot that even just the art itself of, of, you know, like practicing martial arts, practicing shapes and forms and stuff like that in its own way can be kind of entrancing and can lead to a sort of flow state. Hmm. Uh, is well, that, is that your experience? Yeah. When you're, the when you're developing your muscle memory, you know, that's a big part of it for me was the visualization uh, and, and yeah. seeing myself doing each move that really, it, it, at the time it was not really something that I had calculated like, Oh, if I get good at visualizing, it'll bleed over into all these other things in my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it had that effect. And I was really sort of, uh, uh, benefited in a way i didn't expect but there's absolutely Same. a mystical quality to martial arts that you know I, I don't know if i would be where i'm at in life without that you know going totally through martial arts and wrestling and and you know i was the captain of my wrestling team when we uh our high school hadn't really even had a, a wrestling team for a couple decades and we were like <laughs> damn we, we were like the ra ragtag like team and after three years of like 
hard work and uh, the talent of my teammates, we were able to win the the championship. Me, I was really more Damn. of a, I was really more of a, a, a motivating factor on the team. I wasn't one of the best wrestlers, but uh, but I was a captain and we won that year. So I've always been kind of like with that mindset of you can accomplish things if you work hard enough, you know. And I I've never had faith in the system more than I've had faith in myself. And I think that's something that most people really um, don't have, which is why maybe people might see me as a mystic because there is a sort of detached uh, take on society, which as I mean, up until I did a podcast, it really wasn't anything to shake a stick at. I mean, I was just a dude who was working odd jobs, delivering, smoking a lot of pot and knew about all this stuff. But what did that I mean, it barely even, you know, got me laid. Girls aren't even interested in this stuff up until, you know, depending on what crowd you're in. But, you know, it yeah, was for sure. It, you know, God bless my girlfriend. Of course, I love <laughs> listeners out there. Get you, get, you, get you a crystal girl, everybody. Get you a crystal. Yeah. <laughs> get you a crystal girl. Yeah. That's so good. But you know, I think that's that's like a big reason why I named my podcast what I did because I've always been, you know, seen from outside observers as not making sense. But when when people really get to know me, they realize that I do have this sort of confidence in what I know and where that comes from is yeah. is honestly martial arts, which is why I'm really glad we we started off on that foot because it's yeah, it's a big part of where the mysticism aspect comes in for me because it showed me how a uh, the world around us is so much more than we're told and b how much people conform to the status quo, because as soon as I learned martial arts. I went from being like just another dude in my school to being respected by people who, yeah. you know, a week earlier they found out I could kick ass would have wanted to kick my ass. You know, I wasn't anybody right. special. I was like a, a class clown for a long time and that got me into a lot of fights. And that's why I went and learned martial arts because you know, I didn't like people talking crap to me, but I also didn't like losing fights. So you sort of have to make the decision at some point, like I'm either going to, you know, talk the talk and walk the walk or just not talk, you know? So yeah. now, now I, I felt like at that point in my life, like, wow, okay. Now that I'm getting respect for this, I realize I don't really want it. You know, I don't need that. I don't need people to respect me because I'm this big, bad, tough guy. I'd rather have people respect me because they like me because I'm kind, because I'm a nice person, because I know things. So that yeah. was a big shift in my psychology that I don't think many people have at a young age i'm sure it happens at some point in people's life but it happened for me at a young age that really re readjusted where my values were and uh and yeah you know now i have people who are twice my age telling me oh you're you're so wise beyond your years and i'm like yeah but i, I like my transmission just busted on my car i can't even change my own oil like you know i'm, I'm not <laughs> i have i have many many reasons why i'm not quite fitting into society but at the at the same time you know there's this sort of inner drive to understand the world in this way that others and you know i see it you can interpret it as a mystic, you know, mysticism, you know, and I think if everybody had a more um, sort of mystic atmosphere to the way they saw their life, their life would go a little smoother. And I think that's sort of 
what synchromysticism is. Like people, I just had somebody ask me today, actually, like, what do you think synchromysticism is? He gave me that flag behind me. Don't tread on me. And do you uh, mind defining synchromysticism for the, for the, for, for the listeners? Of course yeah, I not, know. Of course. Not for us. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Of course we know. <laughs> no, but well, uh, when, when you say synchromysticism, what does that mean to you? Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sort of, it's a hard thing to define, you know? I mean, it, if we look it up, I just looked up the Wikipedia definition, not that that oh, means cool. anything, but it says synchromysticism is the practice of attributing mystical or esoteric significance to mundane coincidences. And that's, Yo, that's sort me. Of, Ooh. So, and that's, that's sort of, you got to understand the bias that's coming from Wikipedia as they write that, because I think what, we know as a synchronicity is much more than a mundane coincidence, right? Like right, that's a big right. thing in the conspiracy community is like the average person gets overwhelmed by the stark amount of coincidences that they're just like, it's all fake. You're lying. There's got to be something that you're wrong about. Meanwhile, we see all the coincidences stack up and we're like, no, this is a synchronicity. These are synchronizing events because they're all happening with the same agenda. And everybody's life has an agenda. Everybody's perspective has an agenda. You know, your agenda yeah. is to exist, you know, to take care of yourself and your family and, and whatever else falls under that hierarchy of needs. And if you really gear yourself towards understanding the mystic aspects of your life, you'll start to have the awareness to notice the synchronicities. And it may not mean you know what to do with those synchronicities when you recognize them. But I think that's sort of what it's more about is the awareness, because it's through that awareness that we learn the lessons. Like people think that when they understand that the synchronicities are happening, that, oh, okay, they just found the yellow brick road to Oz. You know, all their wishes are going to come true. No, you're going to be tested just like Dorothy was. You're going to be tested. There's going to be flying monkeys and there's going to be things that come and, and attack you. And, and if you maintain that level of awareness, you'll overcome those challenges and, and your wishes, you know, will sort of become less important. Or maybe you might achieve something that you didn't really realize you were wishing for. Uh, so that's kind of a hard it's a hard thing to explain because it's such a deeply personal thing that everybody has their own synchromystic lens. You know, if you're a Catholic person, you might see your synchromystic lens as like the saints of the, you know, the different saints and how you have like St. Michael, you pray to him for this and you have St. Christopher, you pray to him if you lose something right. and you have this, you know, like my grandmother has like some saint in her car because he's the saint of travel, <laughs> you know, so like it's gonna it's gonna manifest through your own cultural lens, you know, and I'm sure different cultures whichever, you know, I'm really only familiar with a couple uh, since yeah, yeah, the yeah. Catholic reference, but, uh, but, you know, I think that's really what as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Synchronicity and synchromysticism is. It's you seeing your own uh, reflection in the universe and using your will in a constructive way in concert with those things. Dude, you just nailed that. That wow. was That was <laughs> epic. And um, wow. yeah, so uh, to piggyback off of what you said, I personally believe synchronicities, uh, like you said, it's not the end all be all like, oh, I got my wish or, you know, oh, I experienced this. My my take on synchronicities is that when they happen, it's like a signpost letting you know, yes, you're on the right direction. Keep going. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, I think it I think that makes great sense. And and uh, what Mark, what you said was that you have to almost that you have to continue to be self-aware. You yeah. have to continue to be aware. It's not like you get a sign and you're like, oh, I'm good now. You know, oh, I'm good. I don't have to continue these practices. I don't have to. It's like well, if you and, stop. and yeah, the road in life changes, you know, like the, the yeah. paths and the signposts you see right now, uh, you know, they'll change, right? Your life changes and those signs change. So I think it's really, yeah, I mean, driving is a beautiful metaphor for it because we all understand that experience to some degree. Minus maybe people who only take Ubers and live in the city, but, uh, but, you know, there's a certain amount of like freedom, but then there's a certain amount of limitation to driving, right? You can, you can yeah. drive your car wherever you want, but you can't drive your car through a field onto another road, you know, like, unless yeah, you're right. maybe like a big truck and you're in the middle of nowhere, you know, like there are rules to the road, just like there are rules to life. But when you when you notice the synchronicities and you make a habit of it, I kind of think it's like when the lights just always turn green for you and like, mm. you know, people don't yeah, cut yeah. you off and, and nobody honks and says like, go faster, you know, like. Dude, so you're good at analogies, man. You're so <laughs> yeah. good at analogies. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah dude. You're just his, rattling his, them all. Yo, his show goes deep as shit, dude. I'm telling you. My my family thinks I'm crazy, right? That's what it, that, yes. that's, that's the what it is. Everybody is check it out. True. Uh, so so for our, <laughs> I'm just gonna cut this in for our um, listeners of Bledsoe said so. I was just on Mark's show about three weeks ago, and that's why we set this up. I was like, "Yo, I'm ready. Let's get you on." And you know what's and, cool is that episode is coming out this Wednesday, so this episode will probably be out after that, right or around maybe on the same day, and and then people could just jump over and and hear me in the host chair interviewing Ryan. Heck That's yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure when this one will come out, but it should be within a month for sure. We'll, we'll oh, take definitely. It. Yeah, yeah. I it'll, think it'll be two weeks, two, three weeks. Not sure. It'll be soon. But um yes. What I was gonna say is when I was on Mark's show, I was like, yo, this I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Your show talking to Mark, 
I was like, your show is high level. And Mark was like, you think so? And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely high level. So thank you. Yeah, and you, you made a lot of, uh, you made a lot of wizard of Oz references there. Uh, I heard yeah. that you, I heard that you have, act we just recently did a wizard of Oz episode. Um, I heard that you have read the book. I, I didn't even know there was a book prior to researching for this episode. Oh yeah. What, what, what did you think about, uh, uh, reading that book? I, I, after diving into the author, it led me down the whole HP Blavatsky kind of rabbit hole. And that was like life-changing for me. Yeah. Um, did, so, did you, did you go down a similar rabbit hole? So I've always known about the wizard of Oz is my sister's favorite movie. And, uh, so I, I, yeah. So I watched it a bunch as a kid. I'm sure most people uh, have a similar experience with that. You know, for me, it was my sister who really pushed us to watch it probably every Christmas, like every year, anytime there nice. was, a, you know, everyone was in the house, that was her choice. So I was That's very awesome. familiar with it, but I didn't read it. I, I, listen to the audiobooks sort of similar oh um, same thing yeah much easier so <laughs> so yeah, I, those, I, those people that say like listening to it is not reading it just just get out of here it's yeah. it's the same thing it's well, just we got, <laughs> we got yeah. stuff to do i can't read a book and yeah. do the dishes you know like exactly it's so, the same thing so one thing that is really interesting about uh al frank Baum. oh and i also i should also say i was already familiar with you know, theosophy when it came time for me to, which is Blavatsky, by the way, for the listener. Who right. Yeah. It, Helena that, Blavatsky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not limited to her there. There was a whole movement, but it's certainly like if she's the poster child, yeah, it's her, but, um, yeah. but so I was familiar with theosophy and like the references when I was listening to it and it's full of it, you know, like the movie really doesn't, do the story justice like most movies, but you can't really fit, you know, 20 hours of content into two hours. So right. it was, it was definitely, you know, more esoteric as to be expected, but you still saw a lot of the esoteric things come to light. One of the biggest differences that Ryan and I mentioned last time we talked was the uh, silver slippers, right. In the um, book, are different than the ruby slippers that she wears in the movie. And the silver slippers are supposed to represent our silver line, our silver cord that connects us to the higher, you know, higher realms. And the rubies come in in the book because Dorothy, like, you know, in the movie, her sort of conflict is resolved much quicker than in the book. In the movie or in the book, she has to like go see this witch that we never see in the movie, the one in the South, I think. She's like the the nice witch of the South or something or the North, whichever one that you don't see in the movie has a palace made of rubies. And that's where Whoa. Dorothy learns the secret that she needs to get home. And that's sort of, I think, why they use ruby slippers instead of silver slippers. Not to mention ruby slippers were much more dazzling. And this was a big color film at the time when sure, color yeah. films were new. So it, it, it's interesting, you know, the, the flying monkeys also they're not the bad guys in the book. In the book, the flying monkeys are more like these sort of um, non-player characters. I think that's a term people in this audience would be more familiar with, but we yeah. can also call them something like a tulpa that was created by one of the witches, like through this sort of oh. magic, like this magic that 
she put on the monkeys, they were sort of um, beckoned to whoever had the crown and whoever had the golden crown could basically get the monkeys to do three wishes. And then the monkeys had to go back to, you know, whoever the crown got to next, or there was this sort of like ultimatum that, you know, freed the monkeys forever which is what Dorothy resolved to do at the end of the book. She was like, you know what? You monkeys are no longer, you know, under the will of the crown holder. And she gave the, uh, she gave the crown to the scarecrow and the scarecrow becomes the new King of Oz or the wizard of Oz. So there are are many things about, yeah, the book that really like point to this sort of, worldview that the theosophists had that was very much inspired by the fusion of eastern philosophy and western philosophy specifically their occult aspects um and then the second book which is another really interesting book um it starts off with a different character altogether dorothy is sort Wait, there's of, a second one i'm sorry to interrupt you that's all right there's 20 books actually oh my god <laughs> yeah what so Fra- wow. frank Baum, he originally he didn't want to write another book but he had so many letters from kids saying like what happens to dorothy when she comes back to kansas <laughs> so he had no to shit and he really i don't think he was very interested in keeping up with the Kansas Dorothy thing because his second book was about a boy uh I think uh I forget the boy's name but he's the basically like an orphan to this witch and the witch kind of is having him like uh do all of her chores and all this stuff and in order to like free himself and kind of get out of the control of the witch he creates a homunculus with a pumpkin head and it's like this pumpkin headed character who ends up like helping him escape from the witch maybe he like fights her i think they even like poison her at some point with some kind of psychological or, or psychedelic herb like a hen's bane or something like that what so wow. so like does the this book take place goes, in like the same universe as the, yes is what Yes. And then Dorothy comes back in the, you know, book series and, uh, and over time, you know, the scarecrow is the, you know, wizard of Oz. He's like this just ruler of Oz. And, you know, they give him like this brain to make him think that he has a brain, but then he starts to realize like, oh, this thing in my head is just like a symbol. And he becomes like this really like genius kind of, (laughs) yeah, it's, you're blowing my mind wide open right now, dude. Here's the, here's the significance. That's the most important. So the yellow brick road, just like in the metaphor I used before is like the road through life. And Dorothy is the symbol of like the soul, the spirit, the sometimes it's called like the ego, but I think we would Mm -hmm. understand ego in a different way than they did when they were writing that. Uh, right. now we think more ego like a psychological like, ego right like right not way, like yeah. egotistic ego right so right. dorothy's the ego um the the scarecrow is like the vegetable sort of side of the body because in theosophy we understand that and i'm not saying we because i'm a theosophist i am not but theosophists understand that uh there are four layers to the etheric body we have the um the soul the plant the mineral and the animal, right? So there's a sort of human aspect in Dorothy. There's the mineral aspect in the Tin Man, the vegetable aspect in Scarecrow, and then the animal aspect in the lion. And each of them is overcoming wow. their own 
individual, uh, you know, trial and, and what they have, you know, lacking in the world, they're sort of looking for sort of answers, right? You, you have the, the lion who, you know, he's the animal side of consciousness. What is he afraid of? everything right he's literally this, everything <laughs> yeah he he wants to have some bravery because when you're in the physical you realize that you're also mortal right you're mortal so there's that sort of play on like the mortality of the flesh with that you know we have the uh scarecrow obviously the scarecrow is kind of like uh the nervous system the plant system like the the nervous system of our body where we think through you know the sun is the light right the light of our consciousness comes through our nervous system just like the light gives life to these plants so wow. that's sort of you know the spirit and 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 wanting to be more than just uh you know, like, cause what, what, what's the difference between a plant and an animal? A plant is, is a living thing, but it has no will on the earth it, it, in the sense that an animal does where it can't move itself through the earth. You know, it's yeah. very limited in that degree. Um, so the plant is sort of like striving for that. And then the mineral, the mineral character, the tin man, what happens to him? Well, he, he, he died of lead poisoning, I think. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, first of all, he's like, you know, immobile, right? He needs oil yeah. to, to move him around. And he's looking for a heart, uh, a heartbeat, a life source. Cause what are our minerals are kind of like the skeleton, the backbone of our environment. But, you know, as far as, uh, like living essence goes, they're really more just soul beings than they are uh, living beings the same way a plant and an animal is. So that you have so these sort of- So if I may add there, you're <laughs> insinuating crystals are living beings. Hey. Absolutely. You heard it here, folks, Mystic Mark. <laughs> By the Absolutely. way, real quick, real quick shout out. Uh, one of our, one of our uh, followers, Duane Keir. Am I saying that right, Ryan? Yep, Duane Keir. She, she sent us some crystals. <laughs> oh, snap. What you got yeah. there? What is that, Mark? This is, this is a big old quartz. Selenite? Quartz. Is it, oh, quartz. it's quartz. It's, oh, yeah, it's quartz. hell yeah. Yeah, uh, so she sent me this rose quartz, which happens yep. to be my favorite. Oh, I there's really, the selenite. There's the I selenite. can't get close to my camera here, but thank you so much, Duane Kier. She sent me a clear quartz uh, pyramid and a chunk of black tourmaline. Yes, thank you so shout much. Out. Big shout out. Okay, yeah. yo, let's go down the crystal rabbit hole because that yeah. sounds So fun. when I was actually on Mark's show about three weeks ago, he we, we didn't talk too terribly much about crystals, but he said something that seriously piqued my interest. Um, and I had even said on his show, like, we got to talk about that on Bledsoe said so. So, Mark, you were telling me that you when you started collecting more and more crystals, uh, profound synchronicity started to unravel in your life. Do you want to go into that at all? Whoa. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> I you know, like I said earlier, I was given the, um, the law of attraction material and a crystal. Um, I still have. A bunch of them it was like a crystal bracelet but she gave me this type of stone called blue obsidian just like Whoa. this right here and uh and you know i just noticed this shift in my body and my mind wearing it and having it and i just kept collecting crystals and around that same time i had met a person who became somewhat of like a mentor in some degree uh I was wearing a sitting bull t-shirt, smoking a joint in the New Haven green area, like the 
center of town kind of park right near the Yale's campus. And this Native American dude from like, clearly not from around here, he was like so sunburnt that it was like, you know, it was like ancestry, you know, long sunburn, you know, like this yeah, deep red skin. Yeah, yeah, he was, you know, and so I immediately recognized he was like sort of an outsider. And sure enough, he he told me he was from Arizona and told me, you know, oh, I like your shirt. Like what, what makes you put a, a sitting bull t-shirt on? And you know, I basically, I was a little like worried. I'm like, this guy going to beat me up for wearing like me, <laughs> you know, like so I yeah. told him, you know, like I respect native American culture. And I showed him what the back of it said. Cause it had this like long quote from sitting bull that I really resonated with at that age. And, uh, that was always very much like not to go around with the new like the global warming bs but i was very environmentally conscious at that age and uh so i cared a lot about the environment and nature and to me at that age the native americans were like like this with nature you know yeah. locked in and yeah. and it just felt like sort of one-dimensional and and amos the gentleman I'm referring to gave me this like really deep understanding of what it meant to be a Native American that I was not getting from a book or from like this woke culture that was emerging at that time. Uh, and one of the other things that he shared with me was the reason why he moved to New Haven from Arizona. And that was because there's a story he heard when he was in jail about Geronimo and his skull being taken from his grave in, uh, in Oklahoma and being taken to the temple on High Street in New Haven, Connecticut at Yale University. And, skull and uh, bones? The Skull perhaps? and Bones Temple, yes. Ooh, so, we're going there. Yeah, they call it the tomb officially, but there are multiple secret societies that have existed at Yale, and that's kind of like the, the yeah, granddaddy. Yeah, in them. Oh yeah. Yeah. No that way. Was, that was yeah, like, like the George beginner. Bush was in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. George Bush, John Kerry, yep. uh, George Bush senior, um, Taft, president Taft was, Damn. is, uh, you know, it, he was the Yo, founder. I mean, fun fact. His, his father, Alfonso Taft was the, one of the founders. So some people speculate that's why Paul Walker, that's the guy that did fast and furious, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Paul Walker. Some, some people like conspiracy theory, but I think it's super cool to go that way. Uh, some people speculate that that crash was no accident and he may have actually been um, killed uh, because he actually did a, a, a pretty deep movie about Skull and Bones back in like 2006. Oh, no way. Yeah. What, what movie? I, I didn't know about that. I, can't, I can look it up right now. I'll look, I'll it, look up. it up. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would love to learn more about that. But yeah, I, I definitely, you know, had, like I said earlier, had a pretty deep uh, sense of what conspiracy theory was at that time, but I wasn't called really... called the Skulls. Sorry, it's called the Skulls. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I wasn't really familiar with, like, uh, with anything that was actually that close to home, you know, for that, at that yeah. point in my life, it was all through books or through the internet, and here, here's this place like right uh, you know a couple towns over from where i grew up where this like totally infamous you know global secret society you know it has its like roots in all sorts of different industries the founder of fedex the founder of blackrock the founder of you know uh the new york railway like we're talking like 1832 they were founded so we're wow. talking like pre-civil war and a lot of these guys were 
military. It's a military organization designed to recruit people from high level elite positions and put them through this sort of high level elite military industrial complex. You know, these guys grow up, you know, through the system of wealth, go to Yale University and then go on to be, you know, a big player, whether that's through the military and the economics world. The president. You know. <laughs> yeah. And in politics, especially there's a lot of judges that have been in skull and bones. So, you know, wow. they have their their hands in a lot of different uh, baskets, so to speak. But we you know, at that age, it was like a, a big wake up call. And, you know, obviously, uh, before we started recording, I told you guys, I just did a walking tour uh, of the oh, right. area. Yeah, yeah. So I I've, I've researched that. a lot since then and just kind of like gotten to understand the situation. And I felt like on 322, 2022, given that their special numbers, 322, it's like the number that they use as their symbol. Uh, you know, I figured it'd be a good day to, to sort of bring some awareness to what they're up to. And I got a group of people together, lit, mostly listeners of my podcast, uh, another guy who has his own podcast, shout out to Jay from how to kill a sacred cow podcast. He drove down and I love uh, that name. That's yeah, awesome. And, and that you know, really it was, cool. it was a fun time and we walked by the, the main building, the skull and bones tomb. And then we made our way down to some lesser known buildings that are just equally esoteric. And what's really interesting about Yale's campus is everywhere you look, you can see a little carving or edifice or, you know, relief or phrase or of like a different, you know, depiction of something. Most of it's like different people. You have like people like, you know, standing, holding something in their hand and they're kind of like featured on like a roof, you know, like all of the buildings are very ornate, a lot of different symbols. So I just went through and pointed out some of the more esoteric symbols, things like Minerva, the owl, which is all over the place. And we have, you know, this sort of, uh, they have those at Yale, they have Minerva owls. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're they a dark ritual, dude. Their motto is truth and light, you know, and that's kind of like the, the school's motto. But there's a lot of esoteric significance to just the school in general, but, you know, specifically skull and bones. And I, I, I thought I did a, a good job highlighting some of the symbols. It was a good time. A lot of the pictures are on my Telegram if anyone's interested to go and check out the pictures because I really couldn't do them justice just describing it. But, uh, you know, as far as an organization goes, they were founded in 1832 and Theodore Russell and uh, a guy named Will, William, or I'm sorry, William Hunting Russell and, uh, and a guy named Theodore something or other, and then Alfonso Taft. And uh, Taft? Yes. Like, like which that Which we Taft? know is like President Taft. Yeah. So... Wow. We know we know that uh you know there's some high level people involved but this Huntington Russell gentleman he spent some time in uh in Germany and at that time you know people who aren't students of history may not know but Prussia was like a very militaristic type of country you know they were very top down military they had all these military academies and they were very much like a part of the German atmosphere as well at that time. 
and he was going to the University of Berlin, learning under a professor who had studied under a man named Hegel, right? This Hegelianism, people Hegelian can look dialect. it up. Yeah, and I'm sure people might recognize that term Hegelian dialect. It comes from this professor. Uh, his last name is spelled H-E-G-E-L, if anybody wants to go check him out. But it's uh, it's really centered around the idea that the state is the utmost power. Like everything mm-hmm. needs to go towards the state. The state is the uh, ultimate power. And the way you keep the people in power is by dividing them into two groups and keeping those two groups fighting each other while the state you know, always has the solution, right? Damn. And we see that happening today. And we see that happening with the members of Skull and Bones and where their influence went to. It's not just in the military or in the government. It's also in the education system. They, you know, have people who went on to found colleges and become presidents of colleges and had a lot of influence on the way education shifted in the early 1900s and put us in this situation uh, post-World War II, where we're sort of in a steady state of decline, you know, um, as far Alex as Alex is going to av- be so mad he missed this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this That's is, such a good point. This, this is, is literally a- an Alex episode. Yeah. You guys would have vibed. Totally. So, and, Next and time. That's, and, that's, and that's sort of like, you know, where I point towards the most influence the other influence that skull and bones has uh is like with the connection to the illegal drug trade because a lot of the families that were involved in the uh original skull and bones roster were also these people who were shipping drugs from china and other places around the uh you know asia at that time and importing them in through you know connecticut new york city like they're big ports here Uh, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. And these are all families that, you know, wealthy families that lived in these areas too, that are sending their sons to this group. So yeah, it's definitely has its sort of uh, influence in both sides of the equation, you know, illicit drugs and, uh, (laughs) and war. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> so yeah, I've been so. sitting here trying to look this up, by the way. There is, um, I actually learned this listening to Tinfoil Hat, but there was an ancient Greek person. I don't think he was a philosopher. And, um, was it me? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely you, dude. Um, <laughs> Demos- no. Dem- Demosthenes, something yes. like that. Yes, yeah. he was he was a pedophile, and he died in 322 BC. And some people speculate that that is some sort of association with skull and bones because we all know what the fuck they're doing in these elite circles. You know, just 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 <laughs> look no at Epstein. Secret. There's no secret, and if yeah. you think it's a secret, you haven't been paying attention because Epstein was arrested like four years ago. And, and 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 uh, Maxwell and Glenn Maxwell. Yep. And um, you know, the skull and bones number is 322. So I don't know. Weird, weird there. You know, people should look into that, but I wonder where that comes from. I wonder where the 322 numerology comes from with the with their organization. That that person, you know, the ancient Greek uh pedophile dude, he died in 322 BC. So some people speculate was it like, you know, an homage to his death year. And and keep in mind, you know, ancient Greek, ancient Rome you know, modern day Germany and modern day uh, Prussia, like these places are literally in the same places that Rome was, you know? So a lot of these like secret cults that might've existed all the way back then, they didn't go anywhere. They just changed names and changed, you know, as the, as the leaders change. And uh, obviously we all know about like the inquisition and like the witch trials and stuff. So there's a big push to eliminate a lot of the sort of pagan aspects of European culture, but that just meant it went underground. And that's probably where we're seeing, you know, guys like Russell going to Germany, learning about this secret society in 1831, then going back to Yale in 1832 and founding the second chapter of a German order. That's where Anthony C. Sutton says that the 322 comes from. It's the numbers 1832 plus two, meaning 322. And it's sort of like at that time, you know, this, you know, obviously, the pre-internet but like it's also really pre-mass communication so we have uh you know telegraph sort of still on the way not there yet but you had you know a big emphasis on keeping records of everything even though it was just private so i think that's where that comes from is sort of like the type craft of like well we're gonna date it and we're gonna put all this formality and the number 322 is there and also it has that resonance with the De- Demosthenes thing, you know, Demosthenes. Yeah. And that could just be random name is. There could be <laughs> no, no connection there. I, I think that's that's been suggested by more than just the guest that was on Tinfoil Hat. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely truth to the fact that they do weird sexual rituals and yeah. uh you know, people talk about, oh, they get in a coffin naked and confess all their secrets. But to me, that's like the safe, dangerous thing that they put out so that nobody yeah. goes any further. Like, listen, guys, if somebody really tries to get an answer out of you, you can tell them this, you know, and maybe they yeah. do, do that. Yeah. Maybe they do do that. But I think that's just one of of the lighter things that they do. I mean, I've heard things as deep as like, you know, they regularly kidnap people. Um, because in the days when they founded it, you know, you're talking about a time when you couldn't 
uh, examine a cadaver. Yale University is a medical school. You know, they have a, oh, wow. a huge hospital. There's a lot of doctors that go to Yale and graduate from Yale. So before there was the ability to like scientifically uh, attain a body to examine it, you had to hire underground groups of people to go and rob graves to get skeletons and things like that for, you know, educational devices. Uh, and, you know, you have this secret society on campus. Why don't you just go get those guys to do it? Everything they do is in secret, you know, and Damn. they have this reputation of, you know, robbing graves. Um, obviously the Geronimo story that I told you, but if you go on newspaperarchives.com and type in skull and bones society and dig through articles, maybe even just type in skull and bones society, Apache kid, you'll find a story about a guy named, the Apache kid who was an outlaw in the West. And remember 1832, when Skull and Bones is founded, the West was still unsettled, you know, right. a lot of the states, yeah. you know, it was in still the 50 the states West. didn't exist yet. So the Native Americans were considered like an enemy in most of those parts. And uh, this guy, Apache kid had a bounty on his head and he was killed by these, you know, sort of Chicago businessmen type. And then the newspaper article says that they claimed the bounty and sent his skull to uh, Skull and Bones to be, you know, collected, right? And, so you know, it's whoa. like, why are they getting the, and this is in 1890-something, which is only, you know, a couple decades earlier, you know, than when Prescott Bush is said to have done the same thing. Uh, yeah. sent, so, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's not something that's all just made up out of thin air. There's actual mm -hmm. uh, recorded evidence of these sorts of things. Another interesting newspaper article I found talks about a sarcophagus with a mummy in it that got sent to Yale University for private collectors. And they talk Damn. about lying naked in a coffin. What if they're lying naked in the sarcophagus of of the oh Egyptian, God, you know, dude. oh my God, did that happen in like the late 1800s as well? Or, or yeah, that's crazy. Dude. That's, that's what so unsanitary. Hell, dude, that's yeah. so unsanitary. <laughs> Yo, to, to, to kind of like, um, piggyback off that. Have you heard of the Templar Masonic myths about how they somehow or another preserved the head of, um, John, John the Baptist, Malay? John the Baptist oh. at, yeah, and you might be correct there. It might have been John the Baptist. And they it's an ancient legend that the Templar supposedly had a mummified skull with jewels and crystals uh, put around it. And they would go in these sepulchers or underground tombs and they would do this ritual to um, commune with the head. Right. And the crazy thing. What? There, oh, yeah, dude. The Templars were into some weird shit. And, and shrunk I, the head. No, no, no. Like they preserved the skull. Oh, they, they oh, and, and they, they put preserved like, it and yeah, adorned and put, it with crystals and adorned and, it with crystals. And they believed that they could communicate with the spirit of whoever. And the they also wanted. they also take them and turn them into drinking cups as yes, well. Yes, yes, no that's way. Yeah, and also scrying in the blood is what the legend was. That you know what scrying right. is, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was that was one of the reasons the the Vatican at the time and the Kingdom of France like fucked up the templars because there were all these legends going around that they were like eating people drinking their blood worshiping baphomet they found skulls in their little temples and stuff crazy Holy and shit, then dude. the vatican when they when they you know basically did an inquisition on the templars 
they were torturing the surviving Templars and one of them confessed under torture that all that stuff was true. So there's a split. Like, was he just Whoa. saying that because he was being tortured or was it true? And it, he gave it up because he was being tortured. Like, I don't know, but. Right. You know, it's funny when I was, uh, when I first started hearing about uh, like secret society, secret organizations, probably the first one everybody hears about is the Illuminati. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, faceless whatever yeah that was probably in high school and in high school i was far too uh shaken in my boots to dive deep on it uh like i would start to dive a little deep or even ryan and i because ryan you've always been interested in secret societies and yeah since i learned about it yeah yeah uh, you were always the one that would do the deep dives and I would get my information secondhand from you because yeah. when I would do it, I would just freak myself out and be like, oh my God, they're going to come kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I yeah, remember that. I, I've always been super, super intrigued. You're by... shaggy, dude. You're definitely shaggy. From Scooby -Doo. Uh, I figured it out. Yeah, and you're yeah. Freddy? I, yeah, I guess <laughs> no i'm definitely i'm definitely i'm definitely scooby dude i'm definitely scooby but mark i gotta say you look more like shaggy brother Hell well it's yeah. funny it's funny you say that because my good childhood friends family love scooby-doo and every time i'd ever come to their house they'd say hey shaggy yeah. <laughs> love that so, i love scooby-doo scooby-doo and, and i also i was i was hippie mark for a while too but yeah i've always had this sort of look you're, i didn't have a, a beard. many names i didn't have a beard like shaggy until a couple years ago so i don't know maybe maybe i just it's the tall shaggy thing have a too. beard he has yeah, like shaggy a has like scruff he has like peach fuzz yeah like oh, scruff. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah like, he has like three little lines yeah like literally yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah i totally forgot about that the so actor now that... who played him in that real movie though didn't which i thought oh, wasn't yeah. uh you know What's wasn't guy's comic name? book accurate it's like wasn't matthew lillard wasn't or something matthew, yeah 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 matthew lillard it, or something it didn't do the series service you know i'm a true scooby-doo purist you know like <laughs> <cartoon>. <laughs> you're a scooby-doo snob <laughs> we got two away from the source material man that's awesome right. hey now that now that we're on the subject of shaggy um are you good do you want to is there anything else about the skull and bones you wanted to because I, I was loving that but if you feel like we can move on i had a question yeah yeah it's, okay. hey, it's your show you said we keep it flowing i'm down to keep it flowing yeah but i'm 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 loving the the vibe you're you're packing man oh hell so yeah. um yeah so i was gonna ask um now that we're talking about packing as well as shaggy <laughs> what what because this was my first thought in the beginning of the episode but i didn't want to like cut off your flow but what would you say to someone with um, an initial gut reaction to you saying that, like, for example, cannabis has helped you or has healed you or has opened you up. What what would you say to someone who is still brainwashed by stigma? How, how would you maybe try to uh, dispel the stigma? Like, does that make sense? Well, I, I think maybe like people who learned about all this stuff for the first time and i was here at some point you know at this stage at some point in my life for sure but you get to this point where you realize oh my god they're lying to us and you want to wake everybody up like paul revere tell everybody that the british are coming you know and they are they're reptilians too paul left that part out but you know <laughs> he, that's uh, you you're paul revere <laughs> so but you get to this point where you're like you know what i'm not gonna be the guy who wakes people up and i think what i realized and this is something sam tripoli says a lot uh it's like you know 
you can't give knowledge to those who don't seek it. So for the case of somebody who's brainwashed, I would say unless they're like your loved one who you're married to and like you just woke up and like, you know, like you, you want to get them to this awareness. Excuse me. I would say, I would say, you know, do it lightly, you know, because I think really what it comes down to is like your own perspective will take you here. And, you know, I mean, with everything that's going on, <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of couples out there who have like woken up together and that's beautiful. I'm sure I'm blessed. Like I said, to have a girlfriend who knows all this stuff and more, she's way up on like a lot of these subjects, the spiritual, uh, and I've met her by the way. realm. She's very yeah, cool. She, she was a nice. part of, uh, she was my co-host the first time you were on the show. So yeah, that was, yeah. That was a good episode. People should go back and check that out as well as the the new one that's coming out. But yeah, Yeah. I I would say, you know, as far as anybody like waking people up, don't give knowledge to those who, who see, who don't seek it. And I think really like for me, I've, I've kind of, you know, not ever been good at taking that advice because I'll get into like little arguments. Like for example, last night or Last night we had this thing that happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock, right? Dude, oh my <laughs> so, god! So my grandma like comes in the room and tells my girlfriend like, uh, you know, oh, did you hear what happened? And I come in the room and I'm like, Meme, you know, my I call my grandma Meme, like Meme. You really think that these guys did that? I mean. I saw a picture where Chris Rock is standing there. His neck is like this. He's looking up, giving eye contact. He's like totally, and we're talking about martial arts before, he was totally in a stance to like take that slap, right? So to me, Mm. it looked like he was waiting for it or anticipating it. Because think about it. Nobody's watching that stupid show. Like they had to do something like that that would make its way to Instagram and TikTok because <laughs> that's where everybody's attention is. You know? that, was, that was my same thought, bro. Like yeah. whether and, it's real or not, it's like nobody really pays attention to that. But shit. I told my mame, I'm like, mame, these people are actors. Like, do you really think that the, like they spend their whole life acting? Like, because she goes... But he was he was crying. I'm like, yeah, he's an actor. Like, of course he could cry like that. Cry like, whenever he, he wants. Himself up yeah. like that. Just saying that that were those words he said to Chris Rock could work anybody up, whether it was genuine or not. That's what we're putting in question. And and yeah, so when stuff like that happens, I'm always the first person to. Uh, voice my Question. opinion but you know that yeah. comes with a lot of risk which is why my podcast is named my family thinks i'm crazy because i've never been afraid to shake things up whether it's thanksgiving dinner easter sunday whatever it is you know if somebody mentions <laughs> you know something that i think they're maybe for you know to use your phrasing before like asleep about right like somebody who's not seeing this i forget exactly how you phrased it but you know if if they're not in your family i would say just let them let them think whatever they want um but when it comes to your family members like yeah just lead by example and and you know for me it's alienated me a lot more than it's uh, warmed me up to people. But I think over time, especially family members, they start to respect you if you are sort of uh, respectful with your, uh, you know, insertions or assertions, you know, you sort of insert these red pills for lack of a better term into the conversation. And if you do it delicately, sometimes people like, 
you know, they're like, oh, wow, Mark had a good point there. And as long as you're not jumping down their throat, like trying to force them to believe it, they might actually like warm up to it uh, if you give it time. So and especially with the name of my podcast, like my auntie listens to my show, uh, like, you know, and I'm like, auntie, please don't listen to my show. And they're like, <laughs> Yo, they're like, same, same. <laughs> I'm like, like, oh my God, what are they hearing from me? And then, you know, I get funny looks at family gatherings now, dude, seriously. But oh, I think yeah. a lot of them, you know, they, they listen because they're supportive and I know mm. they're not going to hear this because they're just listening to the one show they know about, which is mine. They, probably had never even thought to listen to a podcast before that uh, right. but you know i don't <laughs> what's a I podcast <laughs> i don't yeah. think they're listening the same way you and i would listen to a podcast i think no. they're tuning out a lot of it and just it's nice to hear my voice and that's yeah. that's cool that's something speaking that's exactly of your voice what, that's exactly what my mom tells me by the way she's like yeah i, I listened to like 15 minutes of your your Wizard of Oz episode but then i got too confused so <laughs> <laughs> that's great dude yeah right. Right. Well, speaking of your voice, I got to call this out. So, um, Mark, you already know this. Um, <laughs> oh, you already know what I'm going to say, don't you? Oh, she snap. said it. Yeah, uh, she literally said it last night when I was driving back from Fayetteville at like midnight. Um, I I knew I was going to have you on today, so I started listening to one of your episodes, and I was like, "Baby, just take a nap," because she was exhausted. We had just filmed a little mini. Um, uh, TikTok documentary all weekend, just super tired. And anyway, I turned on your podcast and she was like, hell yes, the sexiest voice in the show business, Mark DiCaprio. Yes. Because because my wife's favorite actor is Leonardo DiCaprio. And if you really, um, so to speak, open your third That's ear, awesome. damn, that was a terrible joke. But if you open your third ear, yeah, your third ear, it didn't land. But uh, if you pay attention, Mark does actually sound a little bit like Leo. Like he's he's got kind of like a, a, a voice gotta, of honey and milk. I gotta close my milk. eyes and hear it. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's got, yeah. his voice Aww. is like uh, honey and milk, my friend. But um, yeah, <laughs> you, just, should, you should hear me shouting in traffic. It's not exactly. Oh my god, <laughs> it's more like piss you know. And I, I hear it now. I hear it. Now. He's Leo. Yeah, dude. He he really does have a voice for radio. Yeah. I actually do hear the Leo yeah. now for sure. Now Yo, this I, is becoming a thing. I've like, never Jenny heard that. I've never heard that until Jenny yeah. said that. But yeah, I dude. appreciate it. And that's very kind of her to uh to say that. So thank you, Jenny. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll let her know you said thank you. Yeah, I totally hear that now. No, I look I identify a lot with uh a lot of the stuff that you just said about kind of like dropping bo the bombs on your family like kind of yeah it, it, like being your authentic self and not really pulling any punches not really uh sugarcoating things but doing it in a tactful way right uh yeah. I, I in a, a way that's gonna offend people i think i think that's the best way to go and you you win more people than you you would by arguing that way you know exactly and personally <laughs> my my best friend ryan can confirm this uh, for, for many years, I was quite the argumentative person. I was just very, I, I think it was an insecurity thing where I wanted to are have we, an, are we going deep, dude? <laughs> We're going deep. We're going okay, deep. Yeah. Okay. We're going deep, deep. Uh, I'm an open book, man. I'll talk about everything. Uh, yeah, but you know, I, I, I think it was like an insecurity thing where I was like leaping for an opportunity to show that I'm right over another person, which is just sad you know it's mm. just it's it's sad and i mean it's, we were um, kids dude we well and no no and you, it's totally cool to have the self-awareness to say that and i i don't I, I don't know you well enough to say you're being too hard on yourself ryan might say that but i i He's think definitely that's too hard on himself that that's like 
where I was at, especially with the martial arts thing. Like I, when I could beat somebody up, I realized I didn't want to beat somebody up. You know, it was only when I couldn't win a fight that I wanted to like beat all these people up. And then I realized like, wow, like how immature was that for me to want to like hurt these people just because they're threatened, you know? Dude, or that whatever is, it was, you know, that is very similar to my experience, except not not with like martial arts. And also, I, I was going to say earlier, you you know, you mentioned that you kind of had that that epiphany at a young age. Uh, for me, it just happened like three years ago, <laughs> like just a few years ago where I, I kind of realized, yeah, like so I was really argumentative and my form of kind of doing what you were talking about is where, where you might be prepared for like a physical fight. I kind of found myself always prepared for a verbal fight. Like, a, like, you know, I, I, I was always on my toes, uh, it, ready for an argument. Um, and yeah, I came to find that like, why would, why would that be the thing that I want to be known for? Like you, you mentioned earlier, um i'd much rather be known just for like being kind being authentic and uh not sugarcoating things and just being my authentic self uh, another thing that you mentioned that i really identify with a lot is you said um that you came to that understanding at a young age and so today you're like i'm not the guy that knows how to like change tires or change my oil or whatever but a lot of people confide in me and and you know, consider me a wise person. I I identify a lot with that as well, because a, I don't know the first thing about cars. I, <laughs> I, I know very little, like practically, <laughs> but um, I, I feel that I'm on a journey to, to kind of healing some of those, uh, those emotional kind of gaps and, and kind of building up an emotional, spiritual wealth um, which the coolest part uh, of that is that I've kind of become like a beacon in my family uh, and and to a lot of my friends as well, where I'm starting to see them blossom and show me sides that they've never shown me before. And I think it comes from what you said of kind of like being being your authentic self, not being afraid to say exactly the thing that you believe or are thinking about at the moment, but just doing it in like a loving and tactful way. Um, yeah, I, I've, I, I've had a very similar experience in that way. And I think that is truly wise. So I would agree to those people. I'd agree with those people that, uh, that consider you a wise person. That's very, very eloquently said. Yeah. Thank you. I Thank really you. resonated a lot with that. Thank you. And you know, I, I'm not, you know, I don't remember quite, clearly when i said that but i'm if i did <laughs> it I was back towards the beginning it was back towards the beginning of the episode yeah <laughs> i would i would say a lot, a lot of people think i'm a wise ass sometimes that's for sure <laughs> but um but yeah i think that that there's a certain like uh intelligence that comes with or awareness that comes with like uh people recognizing that and then like seeking you out for maybe something that they could become aware of themselves and i think the difference between me and maybe somebody else in the new age world is i'm not trying to go and like make a course out of how i take 
you know, these things, you know, I, although I'm seeing things through in a mystical lens and who knows, maybe one day I'll do that, but yeah. you know, <laughs> but I, I just I'd think subscribe. that like my, my yeah. kind of mysticism is like having a conversation with someone and then showing them like maybe like in a matter of words, maybe through a metaphor, how they can see that in their life. And Sometimes it just like goes straight over their head, you know, or, or one ear out the other. And it makes me wonder why they prompted me to say that in the first place. But I think most like nine out of 10 times, the person's asking because you have some kind of information that can really help them at that point in, in time. And I've been on the receiving end of that so many times that it's like, well, now it has to be a two way street because that one way street ends real fast as a dead end if you don't start to like reciprocate and and help people out so i think that's that's a big reason why like although i might not sell a course i'm always like sharing this kind of stuff and and that's given me a sort of you're you're giving it for free on the podcast well no not for free people need to start signing up for the fucking patreon sign up for the patreon yeah sign up for mark's we're doing good we do have uh, quite a few people on patreon but it is nice Hell when yeah. people support because you're right it is for free and and i i listen to so many podcasts for free that i eventually realized that like a i could get more out of it as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In some cases, if I paid, like Hireside Chats, who wouldn't pay for that second hour? It's oh, one yeah, of my yeah. favorite shows. And then like Sam Tripoli... He puts all this bonus content out there and that's how I got in with Sam, you know, like I, I was a subscriber on his Patreon. I bought a ticket to one of his comedy shows. He met me after the show, like he does every other fan and I gave him a book cause I wanted him to just like know about this sort of, um, seven hermetic laws. Cause he had talked hey. about similar things on the show before, but I was like, I felt like he wasn't quite like there yet, you know, yeah. and from my like, you know, perspective and uh, whatever that's worth. He, and, his heart uh, is in the right place for sure. But he, needs, oh, he, absolutely. Yeah, he needed that point. I got you. Well, and, and this was all prior to, to zero. And um, 
I almost kind of forgot why I'm going down this train of thought, but it, it's like, you know, this sort of synchronicity or synchromysticism that led me into podcasting. You know, it wasn't like I handed Tripoli a resume and said like, dude, I can do this for you. You know, yeah, he yeah. had me on his podcast a couple of times and then said, Hey man, uh, who should I have on the podcast next? And I gave him this big long list. Cause I'm like, I want to see you interview this guy, this guy, this guy. And I'm like, for tinfoil hat, you got to interview this guy, you know? So that's Hell when he was yeah. like, this guy might actually, you know, be worthwhile to help me out with this. So I started booking for him, but, uh, I but was yeah, going to ask I'm, how, how I'm you losing got... track of, of what I was bringing no, that up for. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask how you got, uh, how you got hooked up with Sam Tripoli. That's awesome, man. Oh, how, now how I long remember. have you been doing that? Thank you. Yes. And, and I, I can definitely go into that a little deeper because it connects to like what I was saying about supporting podcasts, because I realized when I was just like a delivery driver delivering for a bakery and like working at the farmer's market and, you know, really not making a lot of money that like, maybe I shouldn't spend $45 a month on podcasts, you know, maybe I shouldn't support these <laughs> yeah. podcasts because some podcasts that I supported and you know, all I was doing was supporting them. There was no like bonus content or anything mm -hmm. like that. And, uh, and I found that there's this like karma, dude. I had so no other way to explain it because now look at me, you know, I have my own podcast that's doing really well. I've had a bunch of those guys that I really admired early on on my show. I work for Sam, which is a, you know, in this community, people are, you know, uh, sometimes jealous, sometimes really psyched and, and happy for me. And I, I take it as that because it is like a, an opportunity that kind of just came out of out of really like loving his show and meaning well with my intention of like giving him that list. And I had no idea he was in the market for my help at all. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you definitely earned it, dude. You earned it. So it, it's, and you know, I've had like the years of, of learning about this stuff. You could see the books behind me. So I, I definitely like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm not qualified. I felt like, you know, wow, this is the, the best job I could have ever gotten given that I've spent so much fucking money and time learning about these <laughs> things that, you know, in all honesty, there's very like few jobs that someone with yeah, my knowledge right. set can, yeah. can get. If I want to yeah. be an author, that's one way. Maybe if I wanted to do some kind of like, you know, like I was saying before courses or whatever, that's another way. But what I like about the podcast is I'm able to share what's happened in my life and talk to people that I think are really interesting and, and meet somewhere in the middle. And what I've really gotten a lot of feedback from, from the people who have listened and, and resonated with the show is that they see the synchronicities happening in their life. And I give full credit to uh, the Grimerica show for turning me on to this because that's all what they talk about. I don't know how familiar you guys are with their show, but for really years, they, they had just mentioned synchronicities in the intro. They would always do a segment about synchronicities and people would send them a message and say like, oh, I was listening to this episode at this time. And you guys said the word this. And I looked out my car window and I drove past a sign that, you know, like all these weird synchronicities. And I had a few myself that, you know, were nothing to write into the show about because it seemed like they had like a, a sort of standard for synchros at that point. They were right. getting yeah. so many, yeah. but it just like, it created this like really deep fascination, like, oh, wow, there's this sort of interaction between this audience and this show. So 
I've, I've been really grateful to like to ride that wave and and I've had Darren and Graham on my show uh twice uh once each uh single you know one-on-one but you know it's 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 something that I think everybody you know can engage with and it's going to mean something different for me it meant meeting Sam and working for him and and meeting a guy like you Ryan Bledsoe or Michael Wan another friend of mine who you know I've met through the podcasting world and you know um, unlike you, unfortunately, I have met Michael Wan in person and we will make that happen real soon. I was going to say, sooner man, later. I, I'd love for you to come out. We just had a huge <laughs> weekend of sightings. Yeah. I oh, mean, okay. some incredible sightings this weekend and we we've done some TikToks, dude, we, sorry, I don't mean to make this about no, me. This, right. I know this is your episode, but for the listener who's curious about Bledsoe said so updates, we did just shoot this TikTok mini documentary this weekend. Uh, with some incredibly talented people. And one of the videos I haven't checked in the last two or three hours, but it's at almost like 600,000 views. It's crazy. I know. So anyway, Mark, it'd be so cool if like down the road you came and maybe we could yeah. throw in like Mike Romanelli or whoever, or just you and Tara. Ooh, and you big guys- news, big news. I, uh, I just got, um, we'll call it a job. Cause it oh. is kind of a paying job. Mike Romanelli is uh, he hired me to be the producer and co-host on the free thinker society podcast. Really? So, so now, yeah, congrats. I'm doing that, man. I'm That's excited. amazing, bro. Yeah. Listen, Big congrats. listen, that is going to be so amazing for Mike. And that that's just kind of funny. I was um, that this came up because I'm actually going to have Mike on hopefully next month. I was texting him last week trying to, to get him to book with us. And he was letting me know like his co-host had bailed. So I'm really happy to know that you're the the new co-host. That's incredible. That's epic. I'm psyched to hear that Mike is also going to be a guest on this show because he he has a deep, deep story, bro. Like you guys yeah. got to ask him about, yeah. you know, he's got a lot to say, yeah. but he's told me know, in private. Yeah. And he's also, you know, he's also said recently that he's maybe like, thinking he should be more forthcoming. Um, I think about- so. I think he could help a lot of people, dude. Yeah. That's why I want to have him on. That's why I wanted you on. Cause I, I want to hopefully funnel people to your show because admittedly Bledsoe said so is intentionally not necessary. People might be shocked to hear me say this, but it's not a very high level occult show. People are gonna be like, what the fuck? Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Marks is. Marx is very high level. Of it depends on the guest. I mean, sometimes we talk about things that aren't a cult, but yeah, I, I think I, I try to bring a synchro mystic angle to everything. And I should point out like, you know, as much as people like point to me as somebody who knows a lot about this, like I am by no means like the <laughs> originator or anything like Jake Coetzee is actually the guy who gets credit uh, on online for synchro mysticism. But I would also point to like, guys I've had on my show, Michael Wan, who I just mentioned, someone who I do a podcast with and uh, Chris Knowles, you know, someone else who sees like this conspiracy world through a synchromistic lens, you really see a difference in their research as opposed to, you know, insert other conspiracy researcher here, you know, like I don't want to point anybody out because I think everybody brings their own uh, you know, individual intelligence to it. And that's, what's great about this community is there are so many different perspectives that you can't say that conspiracy theorists are all one way. You can't say that, you know, you can't pigeonhole us because there's so many open-minded people that right, we really right. just like throw that whole uh, term that they try to level against us, you know, to the ringer yeah. and and anybody Absolutely. with an open mind can see that we're all just open-minded people entertaining 
uh, these theories that seem way more probable than what we're given by the mainstream. And, and I think when you look at the synchromysticism angle, it brings like such a deeper perspective to it because it almost unites the spiritual and the physical in yeah. a way where, you know, most conspiracy theorists, and I think Sam says this a lot, he's like most conspiracy theorists eventually get to spirituality and sometimes also spirituality, spirituality. leads to yeah. conspiracy because you realize at some point that like we're in a spiritual war, you know, like there yeah. are people out there who are trying to keep us ignorant of our spiritual potential, whether you're Christian, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Buddhist, whatever, Jewish, whatever you are, you know, there is a group of people that is against you that are trying to, you know, dim that light inside, you know, and sometimes it comes from the people within your own denomination. That's why I try to be non-denominational. And although I do find value in all faiths and, and religions, I don't, you know, try to claim anyone, which is why mystic mark is a comfortable place to be because mystic doesn't really, you know, denote any sort of uh, one yeah. religion. But I think that's really where we're at. You know, we're in this sort of 3D reality confined to our five senses until something shakes us out of that. And once you get shaken out of that, you can't go back. And the yeah. people who want to control everybody know that. So they try to keep everybody in the 3D box. And, you know, Dave, David Icke says that I've just had him on my podcast recently. It was an amazing. Oh, that'd uh, be amazing. I, I got to hear that one. It yeah. was a it was a privilege to have him on and talk to him. He's really just a brilliant guy. Um, obviously, his reputation is well known, but uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's it's something that him and many other people brought to my awareness at a young age, and it's something that I've described as like a key fitting into the right lock and unlocking a portion of your your brain that allows you to see a whole nother room with more locks and more things to be opened. And, and most people uh, have different sets of keys that unlock different things for them. You know, I don't think there's any one set of keys to like make you the perfect person, which is my other problem with like some of the new age sort of content, because it does yeah. give you this sort of hom homogenous, like thing where it's like yeah we're all one this and that everything's and good everything's yeah right. i mean not well, everything is good like you got you got to deal simplified you know Definitely as gotta... much as well as valuable as those practices are i think there's something inherent to us as human beings where we're going to use our awareness to carve out our own uh spiritual relationship with the universe if we're given the right tools to do so and sometimes our religions and our cultures limit us from having, you know, as many tools as we might need to really carve out the life we want to live to the fullest. And I think by living in right relationship with the universe, in harmony with the universe, you can achieve that, you know, those tools become more available to you. And who knows how you do that? I mean, I, I try to, I try to say all this, uh, you know, and take my own advice, but then I end up like, cursing people out in traffic. So I'm not perfect, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yo, I gotta be honest. I, I felt that feeling inside. Like when I was a kid in church, man, that was really uplifting. That was really positive. That was really profound. It was. Thank and you. speaking of church, man, I used to be, um, this is pretty well known about me. I used to be Pentecostal, which is like super, super serious Christian. 
and uh, got out of that, you know, in my early 20s. And ironically, ever since starting the podcast and, and breaking away from the church, I've now become the CEO of my church, dude. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Christmas and Easter only. Oh my God. Oh you my had God. Me so good right there. I was yeah. like, what the hell is this fool talking about? He's the CEO of a church. What are you trying to be? Like the next mega church or something? <laughs> you got me. You're Eli Gemstone. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, dude, I got to watch that. I got to watch it. Oh, man. It's a great oh. show. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, I was confused, too. I was like, what? You're the yeah, Nick, what? Nick is like, what the fuck? No, he's not. I, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> What's yeah. what we got to do an in-studio podcast? I feel like the the my favorite comedy podcasts or my favorite, like, personal podcasts are the ones where the the hosts are in the same room. You know, there's yeah, something. I, I fully I, agree. And I love that yeah. about your show because when you guys are in the same room, you can feel that, you know, you could definitely yeah. feel that. And uh, thank you, man. And that's why I like you. the Free Thinker Society show because going back to like people I've met in person, uh, I've done that show in person. Uh, I've had Bruce. On my episode, you were on it. Yeah, Remember? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time we, we spoke outside of like yeah. emailing each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a, a great experience. And, you know, I, I've never been like the most socially outward person, especially when I was younger, but I've always had this sort of like driving force inside me to communicate this stuff. And like, there was like, you know, before I dropped out of college, there was like a communications class that I really enjoyed. So I, I do think that there's a certain level of like, um, like preparation that led to this but it really was something that happened like synchronicity like synchronistically rather um you know one yeah. job led to another and then i had these jobs where i was driving delivering goods you know i was delivering bakery then i was delivering for uh, amazon which <laughs> was bogus towards the uh, beginning of what we've just gone through it seems like now our eyes are on eastern europe but uh but mm. you know that that was a big reason why I quit my job as a delivery guy and got into the podcasting thing. And while I was a delivery guy, 
I was just like absorbing as much content as I could eight hours a day. And like my buddy, Joe legit bat podcast, he's a, he's a delivery driver. He does the same thing, you know, and he had a similar story where he was like, yeah, man, work slowed down because of the beginning of this crap. And, uh, you know, I just said, why not do a podcast, you know, and, and he's got like a whole different take on his podcast than I do, but like, yeah. we're all sort of creating this new culture and you saw it with the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing that we just joked about. It's like they are losing the culture war. They are losing eyes from the TV so drastically that now they have to get one guy to slap another guy at the Oscars just to get attention on the show. And it's like, oh, what do they, what do they think? People, next year, people are going to have a viewing party and be like, who's going to slap the other? You know, who's going to get yeah. slapped this year? Like, no, like you can't maintain that. They're They're done. This whole thing is is moving towards what we're doing right now, a more authentic experience. And of course, it's more authentic when we're in the same room. But I think what we're doing right now is like what human beings have been doing for millions of years. Forever. And yeah. Forever. This yeah, is what I mean, people care about. This is what people dawn actually of creation, care about. man. You know, since the dawn of creation, we are and, you know, it, to, to take it to the Bible, you know, what does the Bible say? The first thing was the word, right? The word, right? And I think yeah. that's the most powerful thing. And and that's not the only religious source of that sort of information. A lot of cultures talk about the power of the voice and how the voice yeah. is like the first emanation of intelligence. And I think that's kind of where we're all at is, is like sharing what we've been thinking about for these years before this sort of thing was really available for the longest time, your thoughts were confined to your community for the most part, unless you went out of your community or you took yourself out through a book or something like that, your consciousness was sort of localized and for better or worse, we're sort of heading into this global consciousness right now. And I think what's most important for us as human beings is for us to sort of all get a little shot at that and and you know you guys bring something special just because you're from where you're from and you have a certain vibe obviously ryan your life has been very unique compared to the average person and you know in some ways mine has been unique too but i think that's what's so cool is like two um you know podcasts from totally different parts of the country kind of coming together yeah. and sharing their perspective yeah. and this is happening all over the place, you know, I, I find that like, I connect a lot with people, um, out West and, and down South. And, uh, I wish more people up here in the Northeast would listen to podcasts, but there are some people up here that listen. So yeah. Well, <laughs> you have better. an open door here, man. You, you literally have oh, an open door yeah. here. I would Absolutely. love to have you and Tara out to maybe see some orbs or just hang out and do an in-person episode. Oh, that would be incredible. That would it be would, so it, incredible. It, it would be absolutely incredible. Maybe I'm like down. a swap cast kind of thing. I'm and down. like Nick and I, eventually, when we have the necessary resources and time and preparation, we definitely got to come chill at the uh, the dojo of comedy. And oh and, my gosh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, because because Nick, I'm not sure if you remember, but our me and Mark's mutual friend Mike owns the dojo of comedy East. Yeah, which yeah. he opened co-owns with Sam Tripoli. Right. Yeah, I was about nice. to correct myself. He's a business partner with Sam Tripoli, and I just wanted to say, Mark, but he um, owns the restaurant, so it is it is. Roman right. joint for right. sure. Yeah. But I just wanted to say like, and, and you know, I know you had to eat dinner soon. You're welcome to stay as long as you're comfortable for, but you know, just in honor of you having a way out, I wanted to say this before you leave. <laughs> 
Um, I'm very thankful that we became friends. I feel very blessed to have gotten to know you and to know Mike and to know Sam. And I feel like the three of you guys in particular, literally the three of you guys, um, and a couple others like Isaac Weishaupt and, you know, Greg Carlwood, um, literally one of the goats. I, let me rephrase that. I feel like you five have been my heroes um, who have kind of like influenced me to do what I'm doing now. And I'm sure Nick has different heroes and and that's great. But like, I just want to say it's so awesome having you here. It's very surreal, you know, from going on your show to listening to your show, a dozen episodes or dozens of episodes. And then here you are. Sometimes I kind of thought I was listening to your show for a second. It's just weird, <laughs> you know? Well, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun doing the same thing, you know, because like yeah. I said, I've listened to your show, so it's cool to be here yeah. and talk to you guys. And I did feel like I spent a, a lot more time talking, which no, is no, not, not I got normal the hell out of your way, show. brother. That was our <laughs> pleasure. I got that the hell pleasure. out of your well, way, dude. I'll say my show, my show, you know, I talk the least i hope i mean as an interviewer i try to just you know no. add to the conversation when i can and and ask the best questions so the the guest shines and then when i have a guest on a second time you know like we did just recently it kind of opens more into dialogue but yeah the the idea of the show is to just keep having fucking Sorry for cursing. Oh, dude, oh, fuck all you like want. Dude. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I was good up until that point. I'm not that I was nah. trying not to curse, but uh, you're but great. Yeah, man. we we curse on my show too, and uh, and yeah, man, this has always been uh, it's always been a blast talking to you, and I think this is the the next phase. You know, if we do something in person, it's got to be a swap cast. I'm sure oh, yeah. I'll bring a yeah. camera or something and film some kind of video for my people and, and yeah, uh, whatever you want man maybe it, we it's... capture some orbs on on camera yes we got it's some not old cameras we got some yeah. old cameras maybe they're more uh friendly towards like old school cameras do you think Ooh, that would be a fun experiment like the oh polaroid gosh. ones you know yeah. where the picture slides out who knows maybe we could do it even you know do something big i mean no promises but maybe i could call my um my friend olivia and and have her come out again and dude like we just spent the whole weekend filming for tiktok and we we got orbs on orbs on orbs dude tons and of sightings yeah and she has like a million followers she's an incredible person and she wants to come back out and you never know right man. On. like yeah wow. but um I'm just so humbled that you came on. So thanks, dude. I, I, I yeah, and I, it. I hated that I couldn't be on the episode with you guys the other day. But if you ever, if you ever wanted to have us back, I, oh, I yeah. would be so honored to be. Yeah, to no be on worries, brother. We'll, we'll make it happen. I, uh, yeah, I can definitely see that happen. And I mean, obviously, the swap cast in person. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Once I get my, my transmission fixed on my, it car, will happen, dude. I'll be free. Happen. It so, will happen. We got to do will. that. That will be so, yeah. so incredible. Support me on Patreon so I could fix my transmission and make it down to see Ryan and Nick, folks. Don't yeah. Hurt it. Oh, oh, oh Mark, it. please, please plug whatever, whatever you got. Just lay it on the table, homie. Yeah. My family thinks I'm crazy.com. And then the podcast cooperative that I've built alongside of my podcast is altmediaunited.com. Welcome to all podcasts, especially independent ones. Uh, we're trying to build everybody up, you know, rising tide raises all ships. So, and we have some really great shows. Some of the ones we mentioned here already uh, a part of the cooperative. So 
yeah, check it out. Allmediaunited.com is a great place to find new podcasts. And then myfamilythinksimcrazy.com is the best way to check out what I'm doing. I got merch and all that stuff. So yeah, please support Mark. He's a friend of the show. Incredible human being. Thank you. And uh, anything else do you feel like you need to say, Mark? Anything at all? Anything that you didn't get around to? Or Nick? Or Well, other than thank you guys so much for having me here. Oh, um, thank you. Oh, thank yeah. You. This You're was making fun, me blush. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I definitely think, uh, you know, there's stuff that we can revisit like crystals, but I say, well, why don't we leave it on the table for our next conversation? Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, if we're wrapping it up, then uh, you, sir, Mark, would you do us the honor? of uh saying bye guys to our audience yes sir ladies right, and gentlemen ready? tuning in oh no let me let mark you got it you got it mark don't let me step on you yeah ladies and gentlemen tuning in to blood so said so thank you so much for being here and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now i've been mystic mark peace bye guys weird things happen in the backyard of blood so As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.